What's good, everyone? Welcome to Behind the Baller Podcast. This is episode 61, and yes, it is the weekend wrap-up. I am your podcast host, Ben Baller, a.k.a. the Korean Liam Neeson, meaning don't fuck with my kids or I'll fucking find you and I'll kill you. <laughs> um, the Korean Judd Nelson, and of course, the Forrest Gump of hip-hop. Sorry, y'all. I'm a little bit under the weather. Um, my kids are fucked up right now in the house and, and the whole shit is in turmoil. And uh, yes, you already fucking know if you've been outside your house or you've been you've been anywhere where people eat or drink, then you know 90% of them, I think 95% of them have been talking about this coronavirus, aka COVID-19. So let me say this to start off the show. Um, I got some bad news. My son London has had a fever all week. Um, for seven days straight. He hasn't been able to go to school in a full week. Um, he's been doing his homework, thank God. And now he's been diagnosed with walking pneumonia, which is very fucking serious, right? Um, the doctor doesn't believe he has COVID-19. Um, they didn't have a test available for him. Obviously, he has all the symptoms for it. And uh, if he did, I'll be completely honest with you. I've said this before. London has been in ICU several times. Um, he's been in ICU twice. He's been on sudden death watch once. I don't think Leonard would make it. I don't think he would survive because he has respiratory illness and his, his respiratory health is not good. Um, what makes it worse is like I said, the whole house is sick. Um, Kaya and Ryder are both sick now coughing. The whole house is disrupted. They both got crazy fevers. London hit 104 this week. Um, a couple days ago this weekend. And the only safe place at this moment might be the million dollar man cave as I have sanitize this motherfucker but yeah man um keep uh london in your prayers he is is all the way fucked up he's getting better and uh he was turning a corner and then boom that shit just this weekend really fucked things up um please listen saying a disclaimer this is just this is me talking right i'm a regular dude who still likes to go to target like i said and go pick up my own shit um i like to go out and do things myself you know i mean i've had an assistant but I mean, again, I'm not a celebrity, man. You got, you guys have to understand that. So understand this, please. I have been discussing this coronavirus issue for a month now, even a little bit over, right? Or about a month, right? No, a little over than that. And I want to be clear. A big majority of what I dropped on here is now coming out to light. And I'm not going to be like, oh, I told you so. That's not, that, that's not me when it comes to a subject like this. This ain't a 49ers loss. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is real life. And it affects so many people. And now, not just a few doctors, but a lot of real doctors are out in the media now breaking down why you shouldn't take this lightly. Okay? Dr. Drew did an interview in the middle of February when our country only had 20-something confirmed infections, which we already had fucking more than that. I already knew that, right? Of the COVID-19 virus. But the video went viral just barely a few days ago. Okay? So, listen. These virus numbers change every single hour, every day, all right? We don't even know how bad it is, okay? But we know it's bad. Dr. Jew was a fucking idiot. That video didn't age well at all, okay? And everything he said was completely false. And, and it's not opinion anymore. It's false. This shit is full-blown fucked up, okay? Liz Specht, her last name might be Specter, not sure, but Liz Specht, who was a popular scientist and a chemist, she knows a lot about fucking all, she studies all this shit, okay? She went on her Twitter feed to explain 
she predicts about 1 million people will be infected with the coronavirus by the end of April in the USA, 2 million by the end of May, and it will increase by six to eight times. What's really scary is she said, she says, even if she's wrong, even if she's very wrong, and on very, she wrote all caps, it only changes her timeline by days or weeks, okay? Like, this ain't nothing to fuck around with. You get a million motherfucking people infected here, and we start getting to China. People be like, oh no, China only has 100,000 infected. Do we got to go there again? Let's not go there. All right, you already know what time it is. But this is how exponential growth in an immunologically naive population works. That ain't my word. She used that word. Immunologically naive population works. Now, Jordan Winter of the Dust Brothers sent me a link to this Apple news story via New York Times that gave some great insight about how the Trump administration didn't take this serious and thought it was just going to be an overseas issue. And obviously they, they kept ignoring it. They didn't want to hear it. And now we're fucked. All right. Anytime um, the the director of health brought it up to Donald Trump, he treated it like it was a side chick. All right. Well, the side chick got pregnant and she got receipts. All right. She got pics. And she even hired Johnny Cochran to represent her. Yes. Johnny Cochran, the angel coming back from the dead. Okay. Motherfucker, this ain't going away. Okay. It's a really long article on Apple News, but I might put it up again. If you catch this in time, you should read that article. It's fucking insane how fucking negligent the Trump administration has treated this. Even money. I mean, money is not going to, it's, it's not going to cure this thing. It's just going to serve as a band-aid. All right. The Surgeon General, Jerome Adams, what a fucking clown, like a total joke. All right. And I'll tell you why. He's exposed himself badly. Now the big dog doctors and, and epidemiologists and virologists are coming for him. Him and Mike Pence promised that we would have over a million masks by last Friday. Unfortunately, we so-called got 7,500. I'm hearing from people that we got 5,000 masks in California and like around the same amount in New York, which is nowhere near enough, okay? But meanwhile, doctors all over the country are screaming at the Surgeon General. They're adding him on Twitter. They're getting fucking, they're going to the streets on him. They're like, yo, listen, where are the tests at? You need to make them available for us doctors in Georgia, in South Carolina, in all these random ass states, right? I'm pretty sure it's at 50 states. Now they said it was 32, 38, whatever. I think it's across 50, okay? So now that the Surgeon General says on Monday, we'll have a million masks and then we'll have several million by midweek. I fuck boy. How about you give us an actual number of people that have been tested? You give us a rough number, okay? And people say, why do you need a rough number? So we can trust the words that our Surgeon General or our government is giving us. So we have like, you know, you want us to remain calm. You think I'm fucking fear-mongering and promoting fucking panic, but I'm not, okay? Most of our country is confused. A lot of them are angry, and of course, a lot of them are curious. You know, we want to know because it shows us how much work has been done. And how much work is left, right? If they say, oh, well, 300,000 people have been tested. Okay, and this many people have it. We kind of have, we could gauge something. Even like, oh, you're not a professional. It just makes people like me more comfortable, all right? But the fact that we've only tested several thousand or maybe even 10,000 in the country, you know how little, how ridiculous that is? Uh, this shit is, is fucked up right now, all right? And you're the Surgeon General, bro? And you're, you're saying some crazy ass shit and you're hiding behind the president? Like you just, 
you suck his dick. Like, we're the greatest nation in the world. We should have been in front of this. But instead, we're super behind. So we're going to play catch up. And the catch up's going to cost trillions now. Okay? The, the specialist even said the Surgeon General is just speaking behind his boss. And the boss is who? Yes. Dick Stain, Donald Trump. Okay? This is a, a fairly young black man. All right? Who's, who looks like he's in great health. Okay? This 44-year-old man, Jerome Adams, the Surgeon General, he said, uh, Donald Trump is in perfect health. In fact, the president is in better health than I am in. Really? You, you sound so fucking stupid, man. I'm really just, I'm scared. I, I just thought about when he was saying the shit with the fucking, uh, the masks and stuff. And then I realized later after I read that Apple News article that our Federal Reserve, the government secret reserve, we have 12 million masks available. We need 300 million. So we're like super behind. So it's just a whole fucked up situation that we just play, we, we can't play catch up, doc. We got to be ahead of this shit like China was. Um, and they're still fucked. They're just, they're just lying to us on numbers, but they, they went and they were, they were proactive about it. I forgot to mention casually, <laughs> this is the fucking craziest shit ever. Um, a friend of mine, yes, when I say a friend, somebody I've conversed with, sometimes I've spent some time with, I've at least had a couple meals with, I've been to, I don't know how many different events that I've known for at least 15 years. A friend of mine has coronavirus. Um, I'm sorry, 20 years. He got on a ski trip to Italy. He went to Italy with 12 other friends. They didn't even know they had uh, coronavirus at all, COVID-19, until one of his boys got real sick and he got tested. When his boy got tested, they all got tested. And 12 out of 13 guys got it. All right. One of them got it really bad and it turned into pneumonia. And uh, But he said, you know what, he doesn't feel that bad. In fact, um, he's had flus, like flus, you know, he's had a flu that was worse than how he feels right now. And um, again, I don't think he's he's passed the quarantine stage completely. But now, mind you, um, my boy is uh, he's in his late thirties, okay, and uh, he's he's in a, he's in shape. He ain't heavy, he ain't over, he ain't heavy set or nothing like that. Um, he's got a full head of hair. Uh, every time I see him, he's he's a clean dude. He's just a regular dude, right? But at the very same time, understand across the country, across the world, the doctor in Wuhan who was helping all the early infected people in the Hubei district, he was in his early thirties and he died. Now, mind you, obviously, he was in direct, close contact with masks, whatever else. He had no previous health issues. I don't know. With all that said, even though my homie, who will remain lameless, because obviously he doesn't want it out there like that, which is, I got to respect, even though he said it wasn't so bad, what's crazy is all these guys washed their hands, and they still pretty much got it, but they were within six feet of each other at different times throughout the trip, obviously for over you know hours, being on a plane together, right? Um. And, you know, who knows if they share the same hotel room. I don't know, but they're conversed. They're, they're within the, the six feet of each other. And uh, he did say it was really hard to get tested once his boy had proved he was positive. They all were, were kind of, they were really proactive somehow. I don't know. The county of health came in. I don't know exactly what it was. We didn't get too specific. I asked a shitload of questions via text, and he got back, like, and answered the way he wanted to. But, um... Again, listen, I have a lot of friends who are respiratory therapists, registered nurses. I know doctors, um, even just regular like OBGYNs and primary care doctors. I, I know a lot of these doctors that work in hospitals and a lot of them, well, I'm sorry, all the ones I've asked, they've all said, hey, listen, they're treating coronavirus patients in their hospitals. And this is all over Southern California. Um, one of them's in New York. But yet, again, there's so few tests. So the thing is, okay, Places like South Korea and Japan, 
these are first world countries, okay, with amazing healthcare, top grade doctors, they're at the forefront of medical science and everything. Um, most importantly, they have universal healthcare, meaning all the people, all the citizens of you know, Korea that they're taking care of, right? South Korea is currently testing over 10,000 people a day, right? They're damn near, they've damn near tested almost 200,000 people, like 170,000 people, okay? They're being super transparent with the virus, telling you actual numbers, how many infected, the whole nine. But meanwhile, what about people who don't have health insurance in the United States of America? And how about the ones without green cards, right? Uh, you know, I don't even to say who it is. I, I have people tied to me that don't have a green card, but they're scared to get tested, you know, because they're afraid that they'll be quarantined, then deported. And I know some of you guys are like, fuck the legal aliens, but you know what? Those guys are human beings. You know, they have lives too, right? This is no joke. And, you know, for all the fathers out there, you know, it didn't take until, you know, the whole crazy uh, sweep of uh, illegal aliens happened with ICE and everything. Imagine being a father and you're the, you're the breadwinner for the whole family and then you get fucking, you know, deported and now you're, you're two kids you're, and your wife and someone's like, well, fuck them, they shouldn't have kids here. Listen, bro, it's too late for all that shit. You're gonna be separated and they're too scared to fucking go get tested. And, you know, even though they work every single day, I'm sure that, I mean, I don't know, some of these guys, they got bellies, whatever. It's just a weird thing, man. It's just, it's really scary. But uh, some more insight came from one of my boys, actually a major celebrity in Korea. Um, and not like that. I've known him since he was in the ninth grade. We've been friends since the, fuck man, we've been friends since the very early 90s, okay? My longtime Chingu, JK Tiger, who, JK is the Eminem of Korea, right? No joke. And even he is pleading on his social media to, for everyone not to take this lightly. All his friends are, you know, live stateside in the USA. He lives outside of Seoul, and he says he's been reading a lot of comments in the, on this in stateside and wants to assure you that this isn't some scare tactic or some conspiracy. This is real. Don't panic, but be cautious. He says, people saying that car accidents and the flu kills more people, well, that's just dumb. We know that isn't true, okay? This is me talking now. Any fucking idiot that says the flu kills more people after today, March 9th, 2020 is a moron. All right, sorry, back to JK. He breaks down, this is highly contagious and there is no vaccine or cure for this virus. And even if you're healthy, you can still get the virus and infect the loved one who might not be as healthy. Someone without any symptoms can be carrying the virus and nobody would know. In Korea, the test is very affordable or it's free to people. And um, I'm sorry, people are all coming together to fight this and nobody is taking it lightly here. And it's helping, but the war isn't even close to over. Imagine if this hits the underprivileged areas in the States. Please brace yourselves. This is not fake news. I'm not trying to scare anyone. I just want you to be ready. Just because the fatality rate right now is low doesn't mean anything because, again, there is still no vaccine and it's new, so we don't know what could happen. The ones talking like, the celebrities who are talking like, you know, this is nothing and they're dismissing it. They're being irresponsible because they have money for health care or health insurance. Thank you, JK Tiger. Well, JK, I appreciate that. Um, you're right there directly in the shit. And it's not a joke. Um, yesterday when I was picking up London's antibiotics and his asthma medicine at CVS, I see now the toilet paper is gone. Bottle water cases are gone. There's individual bottle waters in the, in the refrigerator, but 
I mean, in the case of the bottled waters are gone. Um, all or any kind of rubbing, ethyl, isopropyl, propyl alcohol are gone. I mean, I saw vodka gone. It, it's fucking, listen, the CEO of Tito said you cannot use Tito vodka to sanitize yourself, right? Anyways, now, <laughs> I'm just, again, man, it's exhausting. Fucking digital thermometers are sold out of most places. I had to go to another CVS that was, you know, a mile away or whatever. So a couple miles, actually, I'm sorry. I was buying the last one because we need a second one. Actually, we just need a new one to replace because my kids get sick off and I've had it for like five years. And um, there's a block on it, security lock, and it says you must ask for, uh, you must get assistance to buy this, right? And I get it, it's $54, right? So I walk away from the area, but I didn't walk out of sight. And I found an employee, um, and in the back of my eye, my peripheral vision, I see a lady creep up to that area that I was just in. So I get the employee from CVS to unblock the thermometer, and then this lady that's right there, she tries to grab it, but I was quicker. By the way, speed of light, bitches. Dave Busters, you know what I'm saying? Hand-eye coordination. So I grabbed that shit out of the wall, grabbed it, and she pushes me, and she's like, here, I was here first. And the CVS employer says, no, um, actually, he was here first, and he came to get me to unlock it. The lady thought that shit was sweet. And I looked at her like, bitch, nah, shit ain't sweet. I'll stomp you the fuck out. This is for my son. But yeah, um, when I got in the car, I went onto my app, my Amazon app, and I checked, and digital thermometers are all gone on Prime, meaning they're not available at the Prime with the guarantee, the, the, the shipping, home, that, whatever. But they're available through third-party sellers, and third-party sellers are asking anywhere from $150 to $400 for the forehead joints. You know, like, you know, you just put it to your forehead, right? Just, like, obviously convenient, especially when my kids are asleep, I don't want to wake them up, but this is just crazy. Motherfucking thermometers are asleep, selling out, like, come on. So um, while I'm talking about this subject, this would be a good time to go get some Dayquil, Advil, Mucinex, Benadryl, allergy meds, any pain meds, whatever you, just so you have them on lockdown. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's likely that businesses, and, you know, stores are going to be shut down and uh, that's probably coming soon. So just in case you don't feel so good, it'd be good to have that shit, right? Just, you never know. Um, China has been reporting a major decline in cases, but how the fuck? Do we know if the stats are actually true? They won't even expose or actually share their actual case information with the CDC or the WHO, a.k.a. the World Health Organization. Um, you know what, sidebar, China's been importing portable incinerators, all right, in this last month, okay? In the entire Hubei district, there's over 49 crematories, meaning that they can easily burn thousands of bodies a day or over a thousand bodies a day. Why are you bringing in portable incinerators? I'll tell you why. They're trying to burn the evidence so that when it's all said and done, um, you know, people don't know that there was motherfucking 50,000, 100,000 people dead and whatever it is, right? They don't want, they're just, I don't know if it's an ego thing. I don't, I'm not even going to go any deeper with China. That's, that's where it stops. Um, the CDC keeps saying to wash your hands. Okay. I'm not even going to give them shit about that. Yes. Wash your hands. Yes. Wash them for 20 seconds. I won't even lie. Even up till about a week ago, I was washing them just the way I usually wash them, where I get every single part, boom, but I'm trying to be fast and effective. No. Now, they need the soap to cover your entire hand, and I saw a video of why, and the soap covers it, and it just kind of protects yourself. But they keep asking people to calm down and, and not spread or listen to bad information and certain things, and I understand that. How are we supposed to calm down? It's Surgeon General's giving us bogus information, okay? They're telling people to call before you come to a hospital or urgent care, facility 
and only do so if you come in contact with someone who's been to Italy, China, or Korea, or Iran. Okay, let me ask you a question. How do you know if you come in contact with someone who might have it when they don't even fucking know if they have it? They don't even know who the fuck has it because people don't show symptoms up to, they could go two weeks without showing a symptom, right? And uh, a community outbreak has already happened in the major metropolitan areas in the United States. So you don't know who the fuck has it. So it's hard to remain calm. And at the same time, you know, I just want people to be prepared and understand the situation. Once you understand, when you have a lot of information, if it still scares you from there, hey man, sometimes shit is scary. It is what it is, you know? And yes, at the end of the day, some will recover because, you know, they're saying a lot of them are minor. But you know what? Some people may not. And with the numbers that are being said, a lot of people are going to die from this. All right? A lot of kids like mine come home to a grandma whose grandma is going to be in the 60s or 70s, maybe 80s. Okay? And I'm sure someone here listening to this podcast has bad asthma or maybe heart issues. Okay? That would mean you fall into the at-risk category like my son does. All right? But yo. Let me end this segment on some good news. All right. I was doing some reading. And I read a bunch of different news sites so I can combine, you know, things right. Reputable sites. Catching coronavirus is not that easy. Especially if we are careful. All right. And we can kill it if we try to frequently wash our hands. Meaning that's the most effective way to not spread the virus. Right. Transmission is through handshakes and all that, whatever. It's one of the most effective ways. If you wash your hands, you got to worry about it, right? Also, a solution of ethanol, hydrogen peroxide, or bleach will disinfect surfaces. To be considered at high risk of catching COVID-19, you need to be living with or have direct physical contact with someone infected, be coughed on, sneezed on by them, or pick up a used tissue, or be in face-to-face contact with someone two meters or more for more than 15 minutes. We're not talking about passing someone in the streets. Sidebar. I still want a doctor to tell me how the hell all those people got infected so fast on the Princess cruise ship in Japan when they were locked in their rooms and that old man barely touched much, much of the boat. He barely even went through much of the boat, right? He infected over 30% of that boat without touching 99% of them. Meaning, explain to me why Chinese doctors said this was an aerosol virus and that it could be an airborne virus, right? It makes sense if it went through the ventilation systems. But anyways, my homie who got uh, coronavirus, obviously he was in direct contact with his boys for hours at a time. So, you know, but if we are thinking positively, that makes sense. If this is not an airborne virus, it's not as easy as people think. I said this episode or two episodes ago, the number one cure for not catching coronavirus is to stay away from strangers but yo miles man let's lighten up the mood you know please break me off with some of that lakey lake and then after this short music break i want to get in some fan questions yo 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 so uh this is the part of the show where um you leave a five-star review on the Apple Podcast page. Go to Behind the Baller, the main page for Behind the Baller. Leave a five-star review. And if you'd like to, you leave a question. Anything you want to ask me, 
you want to ask me if I fucking like uh, cartoons, if I like getting socked in the mouth, whatever the fuck you want to ask me, I don't know. But pretty much, yeah, do that in a five-star rating review format, and I will answer the question here. So let's get going. The Kid Saint asks, uh, was watching some old YouTube videos and saw you talking about iced out G-Shocks you made. My question is, how fast did they sell and were they expensive? I've been making G-Shocks, well, diamond G-Shocks, and with, with like the actual cosign from G-Shock, from Casio. We did a collaboration for their 30th anniversary, and uh, I've been doing this for like 14 years. But anyways, they sell, you know, just depends. On a custom order, you know, cool. The ones that sit in the shop, they eventually get, you know, they go. Um, there was a dry period where they weren't, people weren't really fucking with them, and then now they're back again. And uh, I think it's just a universal dope thing. G-Shock's always good. I wore G-Shock. I wore G-Shock today. No cap. So, you know, um, we do them from you just ice out the dial. Like, literally just the background's iced out. Then we can do it where it's just white gold, real gold. And then we do it where it's, like, parsley iced out. And then there's there's parts where it's fully iced out, but it's just pave. And then there's, like, the big diamond bezel and all that. So, I mean, it can range from $1,000 at, you know, just icing the dial out to ranging to, fuck, 30, 40 bands. You know what I'm saying? Easy on a G-Shock. Um, S. Smeegee. 808 writes, what's poppin' fam? Love the podcast. Great info. Send a love from the 808. But what's your most favorite Jordan of all time? And what's your top three sneakers of all time? Stay blessed. Aloha. Uh, you know, I love Hawaii. Um, my favorite Jordan of all time gotta be the Jordan 1. If we're talking about a specific, it's a close tie between the bread and the, and the Chicago. Um, maybe more towards the, the bread. Um, my top three sneakers of all time shit man that's really tough to say you know i've always been a fan of the vans eras or the authentic you know it's kind of the same shoe one has a little bit of ankle padding um the air force one has always been a staple and uh the jordan 3 black cement would be up there you know what i mean but obviously the i'm not mentioning the, the jordan 1 chicago and everything but yeah those are the ones that come to the top of my head honorable mention would be you know the um i like the stan smiths I like the Air Yeezy one. I mean, that's 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 the main ones. That's for sure. Mick12551 writes, kind of long but important. Been following you since your first Rapport interview dropped. Love your podcast. Being a dad of two kids myself, both under three years old. I truly appreciate how real you keep it every day with uh, being a pops, first and foremost, with the amount of love and responsibility it has. With that being said, I'm about to be making some decent money myself. My question is, how do you suggest I raise my kids with drawing the line between overspoiling them so that I'm too stuck up like I see these Scottsdale kids in Arizona? What do you do to show them the true value of grinding hard and earning your money while you're at the same time spoiling them with the money you've earned ourselves to use on our kid? Let me know. Can you hook it up with some VVS pens? Thank you. Um, shout out to Scottsdale. Always think about my boy Q. Uh, rest in peace when I think of Scottsdale. I think of John McCain too when I think of Scottsdale, but... Anyways, um, where do you draw the line? I mean, bro, I went a little too far. You know, it was more of convenience. I was able to because I've always had a bunch of phones. So whenever I upgrade my phone, I don't buy it. You know, sometimes I don't trade it in, whatever. I just keep them. So I've always had a bunch of iPads and older iPads and older phones, like an iPhone 10, which is still some people don't have that. Some people still rocking an iPhone 6. 
So, you know, it's it's something that I already had. And I was like, all right, well, listen, if they're good, I, you know, give it to them. Um, yeah, my kids had phones at a young age. They play with them. Um, but at the same time, my son has learned technology and it's kind of helped out. At the same time, they get to play outside. They go to school. They have their outdoor time. They have their athletic time, whatever. Um, it's hard to show how, how a dollar's earned. You know, you can start them young and be like, all right, listen, if you want to buy them something, you know, like a, a game or points on, on Minecraft, or whatever the fuck it may be, they got to do a chore or something, you know. But other than that, it's going to be hard for them to understand that until they hurt like seven. Maybe at seven, they kind of understand. And they still won't understand money until I think maybe eight or nine. Eight or nine is what I did. But I mean, it's a different thing. Like they're more advanced in some ways. And then with, when it comes to money, they, they don't. But look, man, it's your kids. You do what the fuck you want to do. You know, some people have the means to, and if they did, they would, and some people don't, so they got no choice, so it's it's a tricky subject, man, but, you know, good question, man, and, and God bless you two kids, man. Uh, Dot Static writes, Gold Podcast, what's up, man, I've been listening to every episode at least twice. As a fellow hustler, I currently have a six-figure sneaker resale business, but I'm looking to start an exotic car rental on the side, going to get a Lamborghini Huracan, Ferrari 488 GTB, having trouble gauging the market in North Jersey, NYC, any advice? Um, Man, bro, I would tell you this, during the real cold winter times, and when I was just out there last week, it wasn't that cold, but when it gets real cold, obviously a little harder to rent um, an exotic out, but I will say this, make sure you get the proper insurance, make sure you either own the car outright, or you're financing it in a proper way, you can't lease the car, I don't think, and rent it out, it's not gonna, it, your insurance won't do it, just make sure you have all the proper insurance stuff, so you can rent the car out, and someone else can drive it. Next, make sure your mileage is low on these things. Study what it goes for. Some people do 100 miles. Some people do 75 miles, depending on how crazy the car is. Those are two very common cars that people like. Um, although I will say this. Instead of a Huracan, I would maybe try to get a McLaren just for the price point because you want the doors that go up. People like the doors that go up. At the same time, people like to say in the word Lambo. Um, and if you can get an Aventador, cool. But you want to keep these cars with low miles. You know what I'm saying? You want you, If you're going to get an Aventador, get one with under 2000 and gauging the market, I don't know. You know, I would start with two cars if you can, and if, if you got enough money to do that, cool. But once you start realizing the car is out there and being rented and, and you have the right promotion and marketing, listen, bro, if your payment's even four, five grand a month on your finance, where the fuck it is, you should be able to get $1,500, $1,600 a day for these cars. Even if you get $1,000 a day, imagine you rent it out for two weeks. That's 14 bands. Right there, you're already covering, you know, and no losses, depending on what your office look like and all that. But just letting you know, um, that's a deeper conversation. But that's, you know, as much as I'm going to give you in a, a couple minutes. Uh, Julio H20 writes, what's up, Ben? Out from Nella. I don't know what the fuck that is. My question is, how was the experience helping out Sean Witherspoon create the Air Max 97? And what's your top five sneakers all time? So funny. I just answered the the three, but I added four. So if I actually know, I, I did mention five sneakers. So if you listen to this show, you're going to hear <laughs> those are five sneakers. Uh, what was the experience like helping out Sean? I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's documented on video. Either he put it out or Nike put it out. Or somebody put it out. I just talked to Sean two days ago, actually. But everyone in that room that was there is is some people were, were OG sneakerheads. Some of them were newer. Some of them I didn't know. Some of them were new cats that were involved in culture somehow in the streetwear movement. But Sean has been, you know, really, he, he really studied the game, right? There's a lot of things that he knows. When it comes to designing a shoe and actually being in there, I don't think any of them had any experience except for me. So um, I gave a lot of insight and a lot, a lot of things where I said, hey, listen, you guys should 
come with these cool things and see if they can that can come into fruition. But like the infrared air bubble, that has to happen. Um, the the VA to LA, that's got to happen on the back. Talking about Velcro things and certain stuff and just doing some bespoke things. But yeah, you know, it, it was a cool experience. Never in a million years did I think it was going to be what it was. And especially they released like 150000 of that motherfucking style. And that shit's still going for $600, $700. And they were going for like over 1000 when they first dropped. It's dope to be a part of that project. Especially because it's such a such a known um, Air Max 97. Surge 310 writes, Yo, Ben, uh, great show. Makes my long drives from work easier. Thank you. Got a question though. What do you think about the economy and the 401k plans with the coronavirus going on? Should we keep investing or pull out? You know, uh, <sighs> I had a 401k in the mid nineties and I, I, when I, when I was done with the music business, I just took my money out. It was money I just had and it, what it accrued, it wasn't anything crazy. I, you know, man, that's a tough one. I'm not really that savvy when it comes to stocks and bonds, but what I will say is they say in the long run, you always been on the stock market in the long run, right? 401k, depending how aggressive, uh, your, um, your mutual funds and all that stuff is, I don't really know, man, you know, you're, but you're asking me, I, I'd rather put that shit in something else, you know, that's me personally, but, you know, I don't know if you have a wealth advisor, you know, you're just using somebody basic that deals with, you know, the human resource department at your job, I do think the economy is going to get ugly, man, I ain't going to lie to you, and I obviously thank God that I've been blessed, and, and I've been, um, you know, banking on other things to go up, like real estate and other stuff, and I have gold, and I've diversified in many different ways, even to art, and um, even other hustles, you know, in my job, my brand is, 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 has proved, you know, through the tough times. JJBB25 writes, Ben, can you spend 15 or 20 minutes or an entire episode breaking down Nike talk and what it meant to you in the culture? You have previously dib-dabbed around the subject, but I was wondering if you could really touch on it. I was a member and have many fond memories. This is where I was introduced to you and felt at home with the fellow sneakerheads. The site was instrumental in shaping what the culture is today. The legends of Bootleg Benny... Had too big meme and reach will always live on forever. Uh, thanks, NT, for life. You know, bro, I, I, it's a good idea. Um, I like to get into it. I think I should bring up a few people because I remember how too big and bootleg many, but I didn't really get into the general forum until like 2004 or so, or 2003. I got in the general forum kind of late. I kind of just stayed in the retro when they started, you know, when it became like a lifestyle forum. I kind of kept it into, you know, the retros and shit like that. But, um, yeah, man, definitely, bro. That's, that's a solid one. Corey M five five nine. Feel like you've uh, you've asked, asked questions before. Been a day one fan of the pod. Keep killing it. Two questions. How much of an impact do you think Jonas had on streetwear? I think that he was a Picasso streetwear. And can you please get Tyler the Creator on the pod? Uh, Jonas had an enormous, enormous, enormous impact on streetwear. And it wasn't just like regular streetwear. He he brought a street version of polo of Ralph Lauren to the streets. You know what I'm saying? He he had high-end um, designs, high-end clothing, good quality clothing, and he had a full-fledged, 100% real clothing brand. He didn't have a t-shirt and hoodie line. He had denim, he had button-ups, he had cut and sew, he had the whole nine, leather jackets, everything. He really was a, a trailblazer. He was, he was a whole different level. As far as Tyler, the creator, you know, he knows I got a podcast. If he wants to jump on, cool. I'm not really asking my homies to get on here. He just hit me up the other day, and I didn't get back to him in, in like three or four days or something, and he called me a faggot. <laughs> you know, that's, that's Tyler. Um, GNP1 writes, Ben just got engaged in Rome. Appreciate you putting me up to game on the on the Data One life. Uh, bro, 
I, I don't even know what the fuck Dita unless that's a that must be a, an acronym for something. Have you been to Rome? What's your favorite spots to eat if you have? The last time I was in Rome was in the eighties, man, and I wasn't even there on some vacation shit. I was there more. So one day I'll speak on it. That's a, it's a whole different level of episode. I think I broke down a little bit about my dad's past, my biological father at least. Yeah, it, it's it's bro. You're talking, you know, over you know thirty years ago. So. I do remember the Coliseum, though. I remember a gang of motherfucking cats in that bitch. It was, it was a motherfucking tripped-out thing, man. Mod this, PNY, writes, Garen from Studio City. What's up, Ben? Love the pod. First podcast I ever listened to or subscribed to, and you have me hooked. Keep it up, man. Two questions. I know you've had stomach issues in the past, but why don't you eat red meat? Is it a hard no for you moving forward, or are you able to eat some A5 Wagyu once in a while? Um, I mentioned when I was in Tokyo, I, I obviously, if you listen to the podcast, you remember I was in Tokyo and I had some A7. It, it didn't do too bad on my stomach, but I do know that once I cut red meat out, me personally, I'm a different, I'm totally different from anybody else. You can't compare me to Mike Rapport because we both have ulcerative uh, colitis. My situation is totally different. Um, I just know that red meat in general takes longer to break down. Didn't work for me. Um, two, I love pork belly. Any good recommendations for pork belly in LA? Trying to try the crispy pork belly at majordomo when i get there for my birthday next month um you know what's really funny man korean pork belly is the fucking best there's nothing better than black pig but it's just the fucking best um hanji park uh tenraku on third street there's a few little spots here but you know what just last week i had a pork chop and it's it's of all fucking places in the world it's so weird you said studio city because Studio City is like a unique area, right? I went to this place called Granville in Studio City. And I had a fucking pork chop there. I've had pork chops at motherfucking Morton Steakhouse. I've had them at, I've had them at every high-end restaurant in the last like six months. I've been trying pork chops at different places. I've had a couple good ones. I won't even lie to you. Yo, this steak, this was the most juiciest motherfucking pork chop I ever had. I just had it at Houston's recently. It was really good. Houston's one of my favorite restaurants ever. But this pork chop was so tender, so soft. It was so flavorful and just so juicy. It was crazy, man. At fucking Granville of all places. It wasn't that bad. It was like 30 bucks or something. I don't know. Um, Gilly Vision writes, what's up, Ben? Great podcast. My name is Gil. Listening all the way from Myrtle Beach. But from listening to all the interviews, it just shows how anyone can make it as long as they have the motivation and the grind for that bag. Wanted to ask, what's your top five toys or pieces that you have in your man cave? Haven't stepped into the 1,000 bears yet, but looking to purchase one very soon. Look, man, if you got a few hundred bucks, and I'll give you a hit, I'll give you, listen, go to eBay, do a search, 1,000, don't even put percent, just put 1,000 space, bear brick, one word. Don't use the A as an at sign, just try it that way. You could go the other way too, right? All you need to write is 1,000 space, bear brick, all right? And then on, on the, the settings areas, on the right side, Look for price. Now find the one under four fifty. All right, four fifty is your max price. Now there's going to be shipping costs and all that stuff and everything else. And shipping for bear bricks, no matter where the fuck you are, Asia, anything else, is going to be at least a hundred bucks. There's some random guys in Asia that sell it for send. Uh, they charge thirty bucks for shipping, but I'm going to be honest with you, they're just upcharging the bear and they're giving the saying thirty just so they can get you with the with the shipping, whatever it is. Bottom line is, you should be able to find a bear brick shipped to you for like four hundred twenty bucks, which honestly is damn near less than retail. And that's a good way to start. And you'd be like, oh, I started with this one. Boom. If you want to aim high, go ahead. Be my guest. 
top five pieces as far as um, toys, mixtures, and everything. You know, all my pre-2008 cause pieces, you know what I'm saying? Like the Blitz, um, the Woodstock, even like, um, shit, my, my Boba Fett. Uh, no, Boba Fett's kind of recent, actually, my bad. Just like some of the old shit, though, you know, even, even my 400% cause, my older joints, um, my, my Kubricks are some of my favorites, my Andy Wall, Kubrick, the Stash, Bounty Hunter, um, some of the old skateboards I got, um, I got a, a cause painting from a bus bench that's, I paid 30 bands for, it's worth at least one, $1.5 million easily, those are my favorite joints that are inside the man cave, um, there's a lot of stuff that I, I there's one area I don't show, and there's a reason why, but I won't tell you guys, um, Rune 81, I don't know how the fucking Vietnamese writing, uh, been a fan for a while. This man is for the people. Great stories, honest updates, and tips how to take precaution of the coronavirus. It's getting wild up here in Seattle. Ben, I know you're into art, but are you cool with your fellow Korean LA native David Cho? And do you mess with his art? Keep up the great work. Go Hawks. Yo, man, I love to Seattle, bro. Um, Seattle might be one of the first places that have an insane, true pandemic in, in the country. Um, obviously, uh, I didn't speak on Seattle in, in the intro, but Seattle really got a fucking situation on their hands right now. And um, it's too late to quarantine. It's fucked up there. So my heart goes out to all my fam out there in Seattle. I got my actual family. And, um, you know, I got ties to that. Uh, David Cho. Yes, I know David Cho. Um, his art, you know, before he blew up and before the whole Facebook thing and everything else. And um, like right around that time, Juno came out, the movie. And he was in there. That was a big deal. Yo, man, rush respect to my homie, my fellow Korean, especially K-Town native. Um... I'm, I mean, I don't want to say anything negative. I, I mean, I'm personally not super crazy about his art, you know? But his art's cool. Um, I love my buddy's rights. ASAP Mob interview. Hey, man, soaking up this free game through all these podcasts while trying to pass time is very inspiring. The convos you have bring, brought out great stories and usually in-depth with the person you're talking to. Would you ever have any ASAP Mob members to interview on here, such as Nas, Rocky, anyone you think would be funny in your show? Um, more K-Town Hustler series. Yeah, listen, I need to give that K-Town Hustler series, a, especially with this lockdown going to happen, I need to figure out where I stopped and where I go on because uh, I didn't touch base on the jewelry part, right? As far as uh, ASAP members, yeah, you know, I mean, Nast, Bari, Lou, um, 12 I would love to do everyone without Rocky. Rocky's a whole different uh, type of thing, but it'd be dope to get get an interview with Nast, Lou, and... Uh, even individually, man. They all individually are such such amazing people. And that's my family. You know. Um, Yang Cam, right? Just went back and watched the David Banner Get Like Me video and saw you in there. How did it become to knowing all of them? Any stories with them? And get some graffiti artists on the podcast. Uh, I need one of you guys to email me and write that down for the graffiti artists. I definitely need to get some cats on here for that. I want to, that I grew up with and talk about some OG shit. As far as the David Banner video. Honestly, to tell you the truth, one day David Banner just hit me up. Was like, I want you to be in this video. Um, I met Young Jock for the first time in that video. Super cool dude, just really chill. It's totally different from what he was now compared to then. I don't really watch Love and Hip Hop, but I see like the Uber driver thing and just his whole. I don't know, man. I don't really know, dude, so I can't speak on that. Um, Chris Brown, I, I've always known, just randomly here and there, I've been chilling, and that's about it. I didn't know Barry Bonds. I met him there on the shot on on the thing, but I knew the Maloof brothers because uh, they tight with some other homies. Um, King's Crown writes, yo man, just wanted to get your opinion. So my girl graduates from college this June. We've been together for like six years 
and I can't decide what to get her as a graduation gift. I was torn between one of three things. An 18 karat women's Rolex perpetual two-tone, some Sean Witherspoons or a different rare pair of kicks or a trip somewhere. Need advice for you. If you have any other ideas, please shoot, man. I'm listening. Let me tell you something real quick. You're talking about some whole different, well, the Sean Witherspoons and a rare pair of kicks. Is just throw that out the window. Number one, great advice from my mom. Don't buy a girl pair of shoes until you guys are married, right? If you buy a girl a pair of shoes, she'll walk out of your life with those shoes, as my mom said. So it's happened before with me. It's just, I've had random shit. I also think it was my bad karma that I had with girls. Um, the Rolex is a, is a serious statement. Uh, if you're getting one at a really good price, if I were you, I'd rather get a Cartier Love bracelet. If you're going to spend that kind of money, you're always going to be to get your money back. There's a reason why they sell so well, why they resell so well. You're going to get your money back on that. My personal advice is when this coronavirus dies down and you guys take a vacation somewhere, if you can go somewhere with that same budget and somewhere, I mean, like, if you're going to stay inside the USA, you know, I suggest you, you Hawaii or somewhere, like Hawaii would be the best place. But again, wait till all this shit dies down. I would say Miami or Hawaii, you want to go somewhere warm. If you can afford, I don't know where you are in the world. If you can afford going out of the country, go to Cabo or something, you're going to get more bang for your buck there. Um, probably be a shorter trip depending on where you are. Uh, the trip will be the ultimate memory. If you get a love bracelet, let me know. And then uh, you can go and get it engraved at a local jeweler and uh, put something special inside, you know. Trippy JH writes, hey, Ben, I have a 30, 45 minute drive to work every day. The podcast gets me through it with ease. Just wondering what is turning you away from buying a Hellcat or Hellcat Red Eye or just your thoughts in general. I drive a wild body scat pack as my daily and I love it. Handling does seem to be an issue for me. Then, other than that, um, never drove anything nicer than my own car. So we're just curious as your thoughts. Day one, listen, I will continue to listen as long as you are putting them out. Much love to you and your family. Thank you for the support, homie. Um, it's so funny. As you speak about this right now, I just message Russell Westbrook. He owns a car dealership, and he has a Trackhawk for sale. He has a personal one, too. I didn't want to buy a used one I want to, unless he could do a dealer demo on it, but... um. I'm thinking about getting a Trackhawk. I'm thinking real serious about it, right? Just because it's affordable. It's, it's, I mean, to me, I'm sorry, you know, a $1,000 payment really ain't really, especially when you think about the other bills I have, it's, it's really low. Um, as far as a Hellcat and a, um, or a Demon even, it's a it's a different thing driving a Challenger, right? It's, it's that's really not my thing. I mean, I had, I had a Charger before, right? As SRT8, um, definitely handling, handling comes into play. If I'm not going to be able to use the two back seats, like really use them well, like on my Ferrari, it's just auxiliary thing, you know, on my on my GTC4 Lusso. So it's just not practical for me because I already have so many different cars already. It's it's something I'm not really interested in. And and it's fast, but it's not like, it's not the fast that I'm used to. I, I saw as crazy as that sounds. It's just the plain truth. So, um, but congrats, man. It's a dope car. You know, it's, that's just my thing. I mean, you see someone like Lonzo Ball, they got one. I mean, he has one. Um, Mauricio Manguia writes, Ben, when you were broke, were you the only one that believed in yourself? Um, I don't know if I was the only one. I think I was one of the rare ones, you know? I mean, people are like, yo, man, you're broke. What do you know? You know, once in a while you get a girl who just fuck with you. She didn't know too much. I don't know. Maybe she just wanted to be held. I don't really know. You know, I'd be fucking around. Chick might just, like, again, she, she fuck with you. So, you know, um, my sister, she kind of always believed in me. Um, my mom in the back of her head, I'm sure she did. She wasn't very vocal about it. Um, and yes, it's very few people. That's for damn sure. Um, Life of Fresh writes, man, Ben, had to listen to this show twice. 
We need more OGs like Ice. Can we get Ice Cube? You already motherfucking know. I would love to have Ice Cube on there. You know what I'm saying? It's one of my favorite rappers of all time. But yo, that's it for the questions. Yo, Miles, cue some music in. Obviously, you already know, at Lakey Inspired. Appreciate you always blessing us with original music for the show. And we'll come back with the outro of the podcast. I wanted to say thank you for all the positive feedback on the last episode with Ice-T. It's probably the most positive feedback I've gotten um, all across the board from random people. And just gets, obviously the show gets bigger and bigger, but this was a, he's an enormous person in, uh, just in, in the culture, in hip hop. And um, I have a few interviews in the upcoming weeks, but now I might have to cancel though. I, you know, I might have to postpone some of them, right? Um, maybe we could do some more phone call interviews, but I gotta be safe. I, I, I gotta really be, I just got to be careful about this, right? Not everyone knows. Um, who knows who these people have been in contact with, especially people I don't know. If it's a friend and I can be honest with somebody and be like, yo, listen, do you even have any kind of idea if you've been around this, this, and this? The best thing for me to do is probably do some phone call interviews and with some with some interesting people. Meanwhile, I got a lot of shit to talk and I can do some other things like talk about Nike talk, like the questions asked and uh, go on this K Dot Hustler series. We're going to figure it out. We might have some time on our hands. I might not be able to work as much either. Sorry, J Balvin. Um, but on to some Lake Show news. Um, the gods heard my cries. They heard my rants. This weekend started off motherfucking right. All right. Other than L- London's health issues, um, the Lakers tapped that Milwaukee Bucks ass. Yes, at home. And then on Sunday, we tapped that ass at home, away from home. I know it was a Clippers home game, but still. Against the bitch-ass Clippers. All right. This was a real test of the season so far. Like I said, we had a really good record. We had the best record in the West, but number one in the West. Um, we beat the number one team in the NBA, which is the, the Bucks. And uh, I said that we ain't beat no real good teams, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, we definitely took that W. Um, the final legit test is, of course, the playoffs. And uh, we've clinched the playoff berth. It's the first time since thir- 2013 that we're, we're in the playoffs. Thanks to AD and the so-called, I have a hard time even saying this, washed king who took my nickname so from now on from this day forward i'm the washed god all right you just call ben baller the washed god because god is above any king um (laughs) but yeah um you know what's funny is lebron didn't even shoot that good versus the clippers and we still won imagine it when when he's on fire you know i'm saying like ad took over though and and yo vogel Please, man. Please. Rondo, what the fuck, man? Vogel, can you keep Rondo's minutes low? Like, just much lower than they've been. All right, he's just fucking terrible. It's going to be interesting to see if they cancel NBA games. Like, I'm so torn. Like, there, there's so much shit going on with cancellations all over the place, right? Soccer, this, that, and the third. And those are outdoor. I don't know, man. This is going to be crazy. NBA is a whole different... I know that there's money in other places. This is a whole different beast as far as what's generated... Um, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, man, if, if Adam Silver really canceled or not canceled, does the, well, the thing is LeBron said he won't play in an arena that doesn't have fans, which part of me is, I wasn't sure if he was dismissing the coronavirus. Like it's not a big deal or he's being a G and just being like, no, fuck that. I had to play for the, fan. I mean, I think it was a little bit of both. 
maybe, but if they cancel NBA games, it's gonna be crazy. But I'm also so torn because it's April first game. Like, I can't just throw away twelve thousand like that. I, I mean, I've already thrown away money from previous trip shit, but I can't. I, I'm not. I don't know. Um, and that's a few weeks away, so you know we'll see. If Mike Rapport is down, I know my boy Jeff, my potter Jeff from Riff is is down for sure. But if if Mike is down, I'm down. But again, this disease, this this virus shit, all the information changes every hour. And again, we're almost a month away from that. I'm hoping for the best. Uh, speaking of cancellations, I have to cancel our um, spring vac vacation, which sucks. Because when your kids actually start going to school, like for real going to school, you start realizing the vacation time is Christmas and spring break. It's the only time you get right these little small three-day holidays. They're not, that's not real vacation time. I'm talking where you can go and do something if you have the means to. Summer doesn't count, you know. So it looks like I got to cancel my trip to our trip to Cabo. And uh, it's just not worth it. You know, I've outweighed Even if I don't get the full refund back and everything. Um, funny thing is the entire trip to Cabo is less than fucking the Laker tickets. Just fucking sad. But uh, if there's a border lockdown, which I've talked to, um, I have a friend who works for Homeland Security. And she even canceled her spring break um, vacation because she's like, they don't give a fuck about me either. You know what I'm saying? They've locked down, you know, the, the the country. That's it. I'm locked down too. And it looks like Trump has got no choice. So he's going to get real aggressive with this. And uh, I'm not about to be quarantined in Mexico, right? I'm not going to be on the Mexico side of the fucking quarantine. Fuck that. I'm not going to be in some fucking, with the possibility of me being separated from my kids. And you already know, my two of my kids have special diets. Like, there's no fucking way. It's not even going to happen. Um, in other news, my TV situation is weird, man. You know, somehow, I don't know how the fuck this happens, but every time I look at my bill, it's like 600 bucks, 500 bucks. I'm like, how the fuck is this possible? I don't have automatic bill pay, and that's the smartest thing you could do. Um, or I maybe should have my accountant do it, but regardless, I'm, I'm not doing that because I look over the shit like, what the fuck, this doesn't make sense. And uh, it's always like, uh, your bill's past due pay. And I end up paying, so it's not a big deal. I do it right before like the, the late fees incur. Um, but I've had Time Warner or Spectrum, or the fuck you call it, whatever. And then I've had uh, Cox, right? And to be honest, I think just uh, the prices sucked on those things, right? But now I have DirecTV, and I have DirecTV only because it offers wireless genies, and it was um, seamless with, with the setup and everything. But DirecTV is sus as fuck too. And I'm starting to watch less premium channels like HBO, Showtime, Stars. I mean, I watch ESPN, um, I used to watch TNT way more. I don't anymore. Um, I watch uh, CBS, KTLA, watch CNN. Like, there's not that. I don't really watch HBO. If I watch HBO Stars, it's just to watch a show. It's not to watch movies anymore. That's for damn sure. So I'm about to cancel my premium channels on DirecTV. I just need to figure out when I'm going to do it and go over some shit. And it's not like that money's, but it's just fuck that and fuck them, right? Because I could use streaming apps like my Amazon Prime, which I do already way more. And I could subscribe to HBO from my app and save money. I don't know. Um, if you guys have any suggestions for the best TV service, I've never seen Ustream or AT&T or whatever, please message us and let us know what, what your thoughts are. But uh, I wish I had more time. But uh, I got to be a dad. And honestly, um, you know, London, Ryder, and Kaya aren't in school. The only jewelry news I have for this entire episode, which is nothing I really bring up very often, but... My boy Jay Balvin just dropped a mill ticket. Yeah. I've been avoiding him and uh, he's been leaving comments on my page, DM me, texting me, 
FaceTiming me. He even messaged me on WhatsApp. And uh, yeah, he just dropped a, a, a meal ticket. He dropped a bag with me. And um, I love Jose, right? I just, right now, I'm not in the working mood because my kids are sick. My mind is elsewhere. But what you know what that means? That means I need to get my shit together because uh, this is serious. And I, I need to protect my family first. And uh, disruption of our daily lives seems like it's come. It seems like it's coming real soon, right? But um, work is work. So you know, and Jay Balvin is—he's understanding. He he knows I'm, I'm with my family a lot. Um, I hope all you guys got the bare essentials. Uh, you as you see, South by Southwest has been canceled. I'm pretty sure Coachella's is coming soon, right? I mean, every other major fucking thing is—I don't understand. They had a herpes outbreak last year. Uh, this shit could be fucking crazy. You know, if my kids weren't sick, I would have taken them to go see Onward this weekend. But my wife doesn't want me going to the movie theaters anymore until coronavirus shit dies down, right? I would have even wiped everything down with Clorox and everything. They should have been cool. But at times like this, and especially if we do get locked down for a couple weeks or a month or whatever it is, I wish the movie studios would let us decide and have the theatrical release the same day they available, make it available on stream, except they would just charge more for the movies that they, you know, like, let's say fucking, uh, I don't know, fucking Rambo 17 comes out, right? And it comes out in all the movie theaters. They should make it available on iTunes, Amazon Prime, and wherever the fuck you buy movies at, right? At fucking Voodoo, whatever. And just make it $40, which is the price of two movie tickets anyways, in Los Angeles at least. I have a home theater. So if they do that, I probably would ever, I would never leave the house to go see a movie. Unless it was maybe like 70 millimeter IMAX or the fucking highest end. Or I don't know. You know, my kids wanted to get an experience. But tell you the truth, I'm just over it. But uh, anyways, that's a wrap to the weekend wrap. Um, I'm sorry. Like I said, I've been under the weather. So my voice is a little off. It's been a long time since my voice felt this raspy. But always, please, never forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Please tell all your peoples to tell their peoples about this show. We become the information podcast to go to for not only how to buy something for a dollar and sell it for three dollars all day long, but how to prepare yourself from this fuck ass COVID-19 virus. All right, y'all. God bless. I love you all. Lakey Lake. Please take us out of here.